This flash briefing was made possible by a sponsorship from Avexis, a clinical stage gene therapy company. The following content was not developed by Avexis. Today is Wednesday, September the 11th, 2019. I'm Michael Morale, Director of Multi-Channel Content for SMA News Today. Top-line results from a Phase 1 trial showed that SRK015 had a positive safety profile and durable effects in healthy adult volunteers. These findings supported the start of a Phase 2 study called TOPAS to evaluate SRK015's efficacy and to improve motor function of SMA patients. Topaz is currently enrolling at Stanford University and Columbia University and plans to include 50 to 60 patients with SMA types 2 and 3. ScholarRock, the company who developed SRK015, presented the Phase 1 study findings at the CureSMA Annual Conference, which was held between June 28th and July 1st of 2019 in Anaheim, California. These data provide initial safety and mechanistic insights for SRK015 and support our Phase 2 program, said Dr. Yang Chung, ScholarRock's Chief Medical Officer. Dr. Chung said this during a recent press release. Nagesh Mayanthapa, PhD, ScholarRock's President and CEO, commented that pharmacological Phase 1 data offer initial proof of mechanism for the company's unique therapeutic approach of targeting the latent form of growth factors. He added that ScholarRock looks forward to advancing the development of growth factor modulators for other diseases. SRK015 is a man-made antibody engineered to block the activation of latent or immature myostatin, a negative regulator of muscle mass largely found in skeletal muscle cells. When active, myostatin is known to inhibit muscle growth and lowering its activity levels is associated with greater muscle mass and strength. The SMA treatment candidate has received orphan drug status from both the U.S. Food and Drug Administration and the European Commission. The double-blind Phase 1 trial had two parts. The first part was a single ascending dose study, also known as SAD, SAD, in 40 healthy adult volunteers to evaluate the safety, tolerability, and pharmacological profile of SRK015 given via intravenous infusions. Doses of 1, 3, 10, 20, and 30 milligrams were tested. The second multiple ascending dose part, known as MAD, MAD, included 26 volunteers who received SRK015 at 10, 20, and 30 milligrams, or a placebo every two weeks for a total of three doses on day 0, 14, and 28. No dose limiting toxicities were found up to the highest tested doses. In the SAD portion of the trial, 30% of the volunteers given SRK015, which was 9 of 30, and 50% of those on the placebo, which was 5 of 10, experienced adverse events. In the MAD part, adverse events were seen in 35%, which was 7 of 20, of participants receiving SRK015, and 67% of those given placebo, which was 4 of 6. As shown in the preliminary analysis, no treatment-related adverse events led to discontinuation and there were no hypersensitivity or immune reactions. The single serious adverse event in the SRK015-treated group, a case of gallstone-induced pancreatitis, was deemed unrelated to treatment. The results also showed that a single dose of 3 milligrams was sufficient 
to durably increase serum levels of latent myostatin in contrast with the active form of the protein found in SMA patients. This increase, measured with an exploratory biomarker assay developed by Scholarock, was maintained up to day 84 with the 20 milligram dose in the first single ascending dose part, while the multiple ascending dose portion of the trial showed sustained effects up to at least day 140 with three 20 or 30 milligram doses. No such increases in myostatin were found in the placebo group. SRK015 serum half-life, the time the body takes to half its amount, was 22 to 33 days across the different doses. This is in line with other monoclonal antibodies, the company stated. Participants in Topaz will receive SRK015 intravenously every four weeks for up to 12 months, either alone or in combination with an improved SMN protein upregulatory therapy. Changes in motor function will be assessed with the Hammersmith Functional Motor Scale Extended, or HFMSE, in non-ambulatory patients, and the revised Hammersmith Scale, or the RHS, in ambulatory participants. Coming up next, perspectives from SMA News Today Community Development Manager, Kevin Schaefer. Are you interested in understanding gene therapy? ExploreGeneTherapy.com has helpful information about gene therapy, including its history and how it is being investigated for the treatment of genetic diseases. Visit www.ExploreGeneTherapy.com. From Embracing My Inner Alien, a column by Kevin Schaefer, September 10th, 2019. How self-advocacy helped me gain more independence. I remember it like it was yesterday. Every muscle in my body tensed up as I looked at my parents from across the kitchen table. I had never before felt as nervous as I did at that moment. Even as I tried to remember the details of my prepared speech, the right words escaped me. Before I go any further, no, I wasn't telling my parents that I was taking illegal substances. I spent too much money on comic books to afford to be addicted to anything else. That conversation that had filled me with anxiety was about me wanting to acquire more independence. As a sophomore in college, having my parents as my full-time caregivers was taking an emotional and physical toll. All three of us had reached a breaking point, and I knew that it was time for something to change. At the time of this discussion, I suggested to my parents the possibility of moving out and training friends to be my caregivers. Though I had been toying with the idea for months, and trying to figure out the logistics in my head, I had no idea how my parents would react. Aside from extended family members and two close family friends, my parents were the only ones who had taken care of my bathroom, bathing, and bed routines, the three big B's of my daily life. Fortunately, my parents didn't freak out when I pitched them this pretty radical notion. They responded calmly while I bumbled through my words and sobbed as a wave of emotions hit me like a tidal wave. No matter how much I had mentally prepared for this confrontation, I knew that I would lose it once I started talking. That conversation was the first step in my road toward independence. If you have read my columns for a while and followed my story, you already know that I didn't move out. Indeed, I still live with my parents and work from home. However, by pushing myself to have that initial conversation, it led me to a path of hiring, training, and managing caregivers. The days that followed were difficult taxing, and confusing. On top of school, intervarsity, and working my way up the ranks of NC State's student newspaper, 
I was trying to figure out this whole caregiver thing. Though my parents had reservations about me jumping the gun and moving out, they supported my proposal to have at-home caregivers. I also hired a couple of friends through a separate independent living organization to drive me to and from campus. That summer between my sophomore and junior years, I split my time between working on the school paper and interviewing potential candidates to be my life auxiliaries. That's the made-up caregiver terminology used in the movie The Upside. The greatest tool that my parents gave me then was the freedom to handle this process on my own. All of the years spent teaching me the importance of self-advocacy led me to this crucial point in my life. As I interviewed each candidate and thought about the kind of person that I wanted for this job, my mom emphasized that it was my decision. I'd say that after more than five years with the same primary caregiver, I made the right call. Unfortunately, there's no clear-cut roadmap for life with SMA. A customized SMA GPS would no doubt be a nice luxury to have on the back of my wheelchair, but it would make things a little too easy. Living with SMA has taken me in all kinds of unexpected and chaotic directions, but my ability to think and advocate for myself has helped me to face those obstacles head on. All I had to do was take that first small step. I'm Kevin Schaefer, Community Development Manager for SMA News Today. The information in our flash briefings and podcasts are provided for informational and educational purposes only. Be sure to tune in daily to SMA News Today for the latest news and perspectives regarding the disease. All of our podcasts and flash briefings can be found on our website at www.smanewstoday.com. You can also find our podcast and flash briefings on SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. And be sure to follow us on our Instagram and Facebook page as well. For SMA News Today, I'm Michael Morale, Multi-Channel Content Director.